Guys, welcome to Made For More, the podcast. My name is Reagan, if we have not met yet, and I am so thankful that you are tuning in and listening, whether you are in the car or you're at the gym or you're on a walk or you're getting ready. The fact that you're taking time to listen to these and spend time with myself and my guests just brings me so much joy. Um, I've been loving doing podcasts recently. I mean, I've always loved doing them, but just actually coming from a place of curiosity inside of them. So every year I will set a word of intention. And this year my word was curiosity and I wanted it to show up in business in life, um, in conversation and almost like going back to the childlike curiosity that we all used to have. I feel like it's so easy to get away from that. But as I was editing, um, the podcast last week, which it was amazing with Jack Driscoll, who is a hybrid athlete and absolutely insane and so fit it's super encouraging and motivating and educational but little side note ADHD here but as I was editing that one I was thinking how the word curiosity um, shows up in podcast as well and I get to interview and just sit down with some incredible people who have amazing stories and at the end of the day are just human like you and I and I get to lean in and just ask questions and be curious about their life and who they are not only on the outside and all the thing the cool things that they get to do but who they are on the inside as well and where and what their heart is I think is the coolest thing Um, and it just allows you to just have real vulnerable conversations and I'm so thankful for it so I appreciate you guys so much Um, all the comments all the shares on Instagram all the ratings and reviews I cannot thank you enough and it just it fills my heart with so much happy and so much joy Real quick, before we do dive into this episode, I do have a few client spots open for one-on-one nutrition coaching. I have a good bit of clients that have a lot of races coming up, whether it is DECA, high rocks, uh, marathons, or half marathons. It has been so fun to periodize their nutrition through that. So I'm loving diving into the sports nutrition side of things as well. But if you are interested in coaching, I will link it in the description to schedule a call. Um, so we can just hop on and chat about your life and your goals and where you want to go. But the real reason that you're listening today, I'm so excited for this episode with Brooke Wells and how Brooke and I kind of know each other. I lived in Nashville for a year, um, two years ago, I guess, 2022 and became friends with her sister, Sydney, um, who I want to get on the podcast. I need to text her and ask, but I would love to hear her story as well. And she's just an incredible human too. But, uh, through that became friends with Brooke and she's just such an inspiration, such a sweet person. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear her story, hear her heart and learn more about her new book that literally just came out. What good timing. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and let's get into it. Brooke, hello. Thank you for joining me today. 
Of course. I'm so excited to talk to you. <laughs> I know. Me too. How How's Nashville? Are you surviving the snowstorm? Yeah, actually, like I really enjoyed the snow at first. And then on Monday, I like literally ate it so hard that like I'm literally still sore like four days later. So after that, I'm like, it can go. But it was fun for a few days. <laughs> yeah, like over it. Um, did you were y'all pretty much locked in the house the whole time? Okay, so normally, yes, I would be because I'm like terrified of driving in the snow. But I have a Bronco. So like it has four wheel drive. This is the first year I've ever like driven in the snow myself. So I've kind of overcame that fear of like driving in the snow. And it's been nice. Like the roads are completely empty. And it's kind of like, I don't know, it feels like a ghost town, but like in a good way. It's kind of fun for a few days. And like everything's white. I know there's some yeah. useful about the snow, but then obviously you're like, okay, I'm over it. Yeah, no, it's so beautiful for a change. But yeah, definitely like I'm tired of like walking on eggshells like everywhere I go to make sure that I like don't slip and fall. It's just getting old. Oh my gosh. Well, congratulations on your book. It's officially what? Thank one, you. It's been out for yeah. One. Yeah. So it came out like the 16th. So okay. it's been like a little over a week. Um, we actually had these plans to do like a book signing at one of like the local bookstores bookstores here um my ghostwriter christine bald she was gonna fly in go do all of that but the snowstorm um canceled it because i mean they just like shut down nashville when anything like that happens so it's been really fun but it's gonna be like even more fun once we get to like celebrate it and kind of have like this little like book signing and are you um so are you planning on doing a lot of this I don't know exactly how many, but I do want to do a few, especially like locally. Um, and like, it's fun too. like on Sunday, I went in Barnes and Noble and like any book that I saw like in store, I just like signed and then put it back on the shelf. So little things like that will be really fun to do. That is so fun. A little surprise. <laughs> yeah. I love that. How do you feel like a weight's just been lifted off your shoulders now that the book's out? Yes. Like, well, it was almost just like, I was so anxious for it to come out. It's like, I'm telling everyone about it and like promoting it. But like, I don't know, there's just something about like pre-sale that I don't love. Like you can't get your hands on it. Like I'm trying to like get people to buy my book like six months in advance, which was mm -hmm. just kind of like rough. So after it was out, it's just like, I'm. it's so rewarding seeing like everyone reading it and like getting the reviews back. I mean, it's kind of scary, honestly, like putting your story out there. You don't know how people are going to like take it or like, I mean, quite honestly, like when the idea of like writing a book came out, it was kind of like, am I sure that like I'm worthy? Like, is my story worthy of like making a book about it? Like, who's going to want to read this? Um, but of course, we went for it. And so like seeing people's feedback and it all being so positive is just so cool. That has to be so special. Yeah, I was going to ask you a few because I put a little Instagram box up and there was a lot of questions. And I was going to ask you some questions about the book with just like writing it and you being able to look at it and say, oh my gosh, I have my own book. Like, does it just, mm -hmm. like you said, you didn't feel worthy of it. But at what yeah. point? So for people listening, I mean, I'm pretty sure most people probably know your story. Um, <laughs> yeah. But going back to the 2021 games, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, can you kind of walk us through? Like, For sure. We'll just jump into it. Okay. Yeah. So 2021 games, I'm honestly feeling like the best I ever have 
I was training with Tia all season. So that just like, I honestly just went into the season like feeling invincible. Like I was ready to get on the podium that year. And um, I think it was event nine was a max snatch. And I was sitting in like eighth place going into the event. Um, and then I worked up to the 190 bar. And on when I got under the snatch on 190, my elbow dislocated. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I was disqualified, obviously, like medically withdrawn. Um, but what was that your was just like reaction. Like after you realized that you were hurt, like what was the first thing that came to mind? So once I like, okay, it took like 20 minutes to get my elbow back into place, but like literally they put it back into place and I'm still like bawling and I'm like, okay, so like now that my elbow is like back in place, does that mean that I can finish? So I like asked, um, literally the guy, his name's Sean Rocket, he put my elbow back in socket. And my first question was like, okay, so I can compete now. And like the room was just like silent. And I like looked at them and I was like, this means I can compete, right? Like, I think they thought I was joking, but I was so serious. So like, I didn't even care that my elbow had literally just dislocated and torn everything in there. All I cared about in the moment was finishing this competition. Um... So I was devastated at like um dislocated obviously, but once they were like like they got on a speaker no one would tell me. They were like, We'll talk about it later. But once they like got on this little like walkie talkie and they were like, um, injured athlete has to medically withdraw, I was like so devastated and defeated. That's when it just like hit me. So and in the book, I mean, I'm, you walk through. I ordered mine. I'm waiting for it to come in. I can't. Oh, my gosh. I'm missing the coffee. Okay, awesome. <laughs> um, but you, I'm sure, like, walk through the recovery process inside of yeah. and what that looks like. Was it hard writing the book to emotionally kind of relive all of that? Yeah, for sure. So, like, um, I had an interview, like, after this is kind of like jumping forward, but like after my recovery, like after semifinals, and I had qualified for the games at nine months after um, dislocating my elbow, it was just like I got interviewed and I literally just had this like meltdown. Like it was like literally this feeling of like I had just been carrying around like so much weight on my shoulders to like make this comeback so good. And I just like I put the pressure on myself because. I wanted to come back like no one else in my circle was like putting any expectations on me. It was all me just like wanting to come back so badly. Um, And like the minute that I made the CrossFit Games, it was like I got interviewed and I just started sobbing and kind of just like I don't even know who was speaking because like I just started kind of like like telling them how I felt the whole season about how emotional I was and like how I was so scared the whole time, but you just kind of like have to do it. Like, even though you're scared, like you're not going to overcome it unless you do it. Like everyone's scared, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was like one of the biggest things is like, yeah, going back and like writing this book. um, It was kind of like therapeutic to like get everything out on paper. I almost just like journaled my entire experience over again, like from the very beginning to end. And then, um, that honestly, I think also because like in the moment when I was going through this comeback, I was like trying to keep it together so much 
that like I didn't let myself feel like sorry for myself or sad or like I didn't let myself feel like any of the emotions because I was just trying to like get to the next step and like hold it together and like I don't have time to be scared or I don't have time for this fear um so kind of going back and like writing it all down again really helped me like feel those emotions because I didn't allow myself to do it in the moment from a I like I can't even imagine how hard that was and to go back and write down every little detail that you probably just like put at the back of your mind yeah it was also really rewarding too because I did like think about every single person that helped me along the way and just like all the relationships that I had with these people and who like were in my corner was just it was so awesome to relive and kind of just like in the moment, of course, I realized they were helping me, but to go back and just like reflect on how many people were in my corner was like incredible. It's one of my favorite parts of the book is like the characters and like letting people see the side of like my mom and my dad and my training partners and all of that, like how much they had helped me through it all. Mm -hmm. Initially with your recovery, was your number one goal to get back to competing? Like, was that for sure about? Yeah, for sure. And like, I don't think that should be everyone's goal. Um, But it was just kind of like, like when I was literally Saturday after the games, like after I got hurt, I was just like, I want to be back next year. I'm going to do everything possible to be back at the games. And of course, like I didn't want to like push too hard and like not let myself recover. That was a big thing. Like I want to be aggressive in my um, recovery but like not too aggressive to where I could like re-injure myself. So that was, that was a fine line to kind of battle the whole time. Was there ever a point in your recovery? How, cause how long was your recovery for? Um, I would say about, I didn't do like anything for like five to six months, like CrossFit related. I would just do like rehab. Um, but then around seven months was when I had to start like getting back into CrossFit shape to do quarterfinals and, like the open and stuff. Was there ever a point that you considered maybe not going back to CrossFit? Um, yes. Well, do you mean like that season or like ever? Um, first that season and then we can kind of talk about yeah. ever. Yeah. Okay. Well, there were just definitely some like hiccups along the way. Um, like I did my first muscle up the day before the open started. So I'm like, I don't really know how, mm-hmm. like, I, I literally just wanted to get a muscle up before anything was like announced because I knew that if I hadn't done one and they did announce it, I would be like panicking. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, like if anyone saw my performance at math, like at the semifinals, they would be very aware that there was a lot going on during that weekend that, um, allowed me to like almost miss the games. So I go really into detail in the book on that. Um, but yeah, there was like a week before semifinals that I like almost re-injured my elbow and just, just like got really inflamed. And I didn't let anyone know about it in the time because I'm not going to like let people like my competitors or like anyone know that like I'm struggling or going through something. So like mm-hmm. no one knew about that. Um, I go into detail about that. So yeah, there were definitely like many times um, that I wasn't sure I was going to be able to like do this, but um, it was all physically, not really mentally. Like mentally, I actually stayed very focused. Yeah. 
So people listening, you'll have to get the book to get all the inside scoop. (laughs) Can't give it all away. Just a like wide, a a bigger picture. So you first went to the CrossFit Games in 2015. So this has been a part of your life for like almost 10 years. Yeah, this will be the 10th season. That's crazy. So it really is. You were in college still. Yeah. So I was a sophomore in college when I qualified for my first games. I was actually 19 years old when I qualified. Is that crazy to look back at that and be like, I was a baby. Oh, 100%. It's kind of crazy. I'll like see old stuff of like when I was at the games and I'm like, I cannot believe that was like 10 years ago. And it's just like, it's so crazy to think about how young I was and like how fearless, like I wasn't scared of anything. Um, It's really cool to look back. When when you were like in college, what was the moment that you started taking CrossFit and training seriously of like, this isn't just fun anymore. Like this is, I want to be a professional athlete. Yeah. So I like, honestly, when I started CrossFit, it was kind of like to help with track. Cause I was in high school. I didn't start CrossFit ever to like go to the games. Like I just did it for a fun workout, to kind of like get my fitness up. Um, but then I started doing like local comps and um I think like my first year in college when I was a freshman was kind of when I like kicked my training up um I was still like doing classes at my gym but then like staying after and doing extra um but then sophomore year I moved to Mizzou to be with my sister I was at Arkansas first and that's when like I kind of just like really started loving training and like I really didn't have the goal of going to the games when I was a sophomore I just wanted to make it to, it was called regionals at the time. So sophomore year, I would just, my goal was to be top 10 at regionals that year. Mm -hmm. And I ended up winning. So which qualified me for the games. And like, quite honestly, I was not prepared for the games (laughs) at all. Like I hadn't been swimming. I hadn't been doing like games type events, like, cause they're much different, like a lot more like outdoorsy and long um so i had not been training for the games i was more just like training for um regionals so that was honestly quite a surprise and ever since that it's like my life literally just changed that weekend from the past 10 years obviously is it do you kind of find your identity in being an athlete like is is that hard to find other little areas of life that like yeah joys and other things that you enjoy doing yeah no 100 i think that's something that probably a lot of crossfitters struggle with especially if mm-hmm. they've been in this for a long time or i mean not just crossfitters like any athletes like you're just mm-hmm. kind of like tied to your sport especially because i started when i was like 19 years old and um i've never had like a like real job because like right out of college i just did crossfit So I do think that that is something that a lot of people struggle with. And I try to keep a really good balance of like having a good social life and not like having everything depend on CrossFit, like making sure I have good relationships. And, but I mean, like at times where I get like burnt out and I'm like going through the thought process of like, do I want to be done or like, do I want to keep going? Of course, there are times where I feel like stuck. Like, what am I going to do without CrossFit? Like, who am I going to be? Um. I do think a lot of athletes struggle with that. Like I am definitely one of them. It's kind of crazy to think of my life without CrossFit, but um, that's something I've been working on. It was like my balance and 
trying to figure out how I can like, like, of course, just have my identity somewhere else. And that being like with God and like just other things. Yeah, I definitely, I know like social media is such a, you can kind of make it look like whatever you want it to look like, but I do feel like you've been like showing up more in a different way, like showing other areas of your life and other things that you enjoy, especially was it last year when you traveled a lot? Yes. So I traveled a ton this year. Um, I, I missed the cut of, um, making the games this year. So I got injured. We can go into that later. Um, Mm -hmm. but it was actually like a really good thing for me because it kind of did show me that there's like so much more to life than CrossFit or being in the gym. Like I don't need to be going to the games to feel like my self-worth or feel accomplished. Um, like even just, it's all about being happy. Like you don't have to be doing what other people see you as. Like I feel like other people see me as a CrossFit athlete, but to me that just doesn't matter anymore. Like I'm starting to find like that that's just not as important. Mm-hmm. You could definitely tell when you were traveling, you just look glowing. Like you're just so happy. <laughs> oh, with where was just like out of curiosity, where was your favorite place that you traveled last year? Oh, 100% Hawaii. Like I'm dying to go back there. Uh-huh. I was in uh, Maui for five days and then Kauai for five days. And like, it wasn't enough. Most of the time I'm like itching to get back home when I'm on a trip, but like I could have stayed there for so much longer. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Highly recommend. Yeah. Seriously. With last year, um, you didn't make the cutoff for the games because of an injury. Was it at semifinals? Yes. So during semifinals last year on event two, I was, uh, wait, I'm sorry. It was event one, the very first event of the competition. It had like a 2000 meter run in it. And I was like 1500 meters in on the run when I felt something in my foot just like literally pop. And so if you were watching, I like kind of went to the side of my runner and was like, what just happened? Like, I kind of was just like confused. Mm -hmm. Then I just got back on the runner and started again. And I like felt it pop again. So I like went to the side of my runner. And like, when I say went to the side of my runner, I like literally was there for like one second because you know when you're in a competition like your adrenaline's high you don't care if you're like her you're like i'm gonna finish this so i just went to the side got back on and like the last 500 meters of that run were one of the most painful things i've ever done um so afterwards um i we didn't know exactly what was wrong but i like literally could not walk i got wheelchaired to uh, my hotel room before event two And I just like remember sitting in my bed, like crying, like thinking, am I going to make it through this competition? Like, uh, if I don't make it through this competition, I'm obviously not going to the games. Like, I haven't gone to the games or I haven't not gone to the games in eight years, you know? So, like, it was just so devastating. And people were were reminding me, like, you've been through so much. Like, remember what you've been through with your elbow and like all of that. And so I was like, okay, you're right. I'm going to like try to get through this competition. And I got through the competition, but it was extremely painful. And a lot of the things, like a lot of the events, like the snatch and like we had to do more running, all that stuff, just, it was just almost unbearable. I mean, I got through it, which I'm proud of, but I was like seven points shy of qualifying and I was heartbroken in the heartbroken in the moment. But looking back, I'm like very happy that that happened because 
one, I couldn't train on my foot for like six months. So like, how would I have ran during the games or if I would have made it to the games and shown up, I would have been a horrible version of myself. And so for that reason, I'm happy. And then I'm also very happy that I did get the opportunity to kind of spend a whole summer outside of the gym and find that I can be happy, like not qualifying for the games. Mm. Yeah. And then you got to go watch Sid too, right? Like you had to go cheer. Yeah, that was so cool. It was like, it was obviously sad because of course, Mm -hmm. like the first year that I haven't made the games in nine years is the first year that she made it. So it would have been really fun to experiment or experience that together. Mm-hmm. But um, to be like a big sister and watch her and support her, that was so rewarding and awesome. And I was so proud of her. So from the, I mean, the past, like with being in CrossFit and a high level athlete, what are some ways that you take care of yourself mentally? Or is that something that you're still trying to figure out? Yeah. So mentally is huge. Honestly, um, there is a line though, because I think there have been years where I've dove so hard into the mental side of things that I was like overthinking everything. And like, if something would go wrong, I'd be like, oh my gosh, that just went wrong because my mental headspace was messed up. But like, no, that doesn't always happen. Like you're doing hard workouts. You get exhausted. It's not always mental. Mm -hmm. Um, But for, so I just make, I try to make sure that I don't do like too much and like always feel like I need to be doing that over like relaxing. Like you're, you need a break too. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, it's like a lot of reading. That's where I get my number one thing is like reading good books. Um, And then I did go through like meditating a little bit. And then honestly, the biggest part is just trying to like have some balance. You need to make sure that you're still having fun they're not getting burnt out and that you just like find time to do things that you love outside of the gym. Because if you are constantly stressed about training, like always thinking about it or always feeling like you need to be in the gym, Mm -hmm. that's when you get burnt out. That's when you stop having fun. And that's when you just like, you don't have the passion for it anymore. If you don't have the passion, then you're not going to give everything that you have every single day. I love that. I think everyone listening can apply that to some area of their life, whether it's the gym or work or, I mean, even exactly just being a mom or dad, like you have to find things that you love and take that for time sure. for yourself. You need balance in literally anything that you do, no matter what it is. From a mental perspective, did, do you have, like, have you ever had a coach, like a mental coach or someone come in and tell you more about the mental or the psychology side of things? Yes. So I have worked with a few people. Um, It's not something that I was like super consistent on. For some reason, I've just always kind of like been a little bit more independent on that side and like felt like I can do it on my own, Um, which I don't think is like the case or like really good thing. I think that I probably should try to like lean into someone more. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually I'm working with like a company called Wild Health, which is like Julie Fouché, who is a former CrossFit athlete. And, um, she has really recommended working with someone like that. So I might try to do more of that this year. Um, because I I do feel like I'm really independent and I think that I can do everything on my own, but I think leaning on someone else and kind of like getting someone's help would be very beneficial. Do you have a mantra or do you have like anything that you say when you kind of start to get to that dark place during a workout and your mental wants to quit? Yes. Okay. So the number one thing that I tell myself is like, this is when it counts. So Mm -hmm. like, 
kind of what that means is like if you start a workout and it's really easy, like when everything is going good, it's not that hard to keep going, you know, but it's like when things get really hard or like you're getting no reps or like just things are going bad. That's when it really counts. Like that's where it shows that you're a hard worker. That's when mental toughness really shows up. And um, so, yeah, if things get hard in a workout and I'm, I want to quit or whatever, I just tell myself, this is when it counts. This is when my other competitors can like mentally give out, but I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. How do you feel after a workout when you push through the mental, that mental barrier? I mean, obviously like amazing. Um, but those are the workouts that like, you really feel like you got better. Mm-hmm. I, I always say like, I don't want to do an easy workout. I feel like I'm, there are times for that. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. but I just mean, I like hard workouts better because it just feels so rewarding and like you're getting better and like you just made a difference, you know? Yeah. I love that. I think it's cool to hear everyone's little mantras that they have. <laughs> so yeah. like, they're probably not PG. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, true. Some of them are probably not <laughs> on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> from a nutrition standpoint, there was a few questions on that. Is that something? Do you track your macros and do you periodize your nutrition at all as far as like bulking or dieting? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say like periodizing. I think I just said it wrong, but um, not really. I think it's more of just like in the off season. I'm like. I mean, after the games, I won't track for a couple of months, just kind of like let myself breathe and like stop stressing mm-hmm. about literally anything. Um, but then I would just say like, as the season progresses, I just get like more carbs and like more food mm-hmm. um, because training's ramping up and I'm more depleted. But yes, I do count my macros. Um, it is something that I would love to kind of try to get like stop doing honestly because I have been doing it for like the last six or seven years and you learn so much when you first start counting macros like I feel like I I eat the same thing pretty much every single day and I know what I should be doing like I think honestly most people should count macros even if it's just for like three to six months of their life so that you can learn everything about food but once you know everything I do think that there's like a little bit of stress around it. Um, For me, I'm constantly kind of like planning out what I'm going to eat for the whole day or things like that. So I do think there's benefits to not counting. But for right now, I have been counting kind of to make sure that I'm getting the appropriate amount of carbs, fat and protein. Yeah, I like that you said that. I think everyone should take a little bit to just create awareness because if not, especially as women, I think it's so easy to under eat especially when oh yeah like you're training so hard like you need you need yeah so that's like a big reason why I do track like during the season is to make sure that I'm eating enough carbs and fueling my workouts properly it's not to make sure or I'm not trying to like restrict myself it's more of like hey I have not eaten enough protein and carbs today so like I need to make sure that I get that in yeah have you with like your nutrition have you struggled at all just with relationship with food wise or like body wise? Is that something that you struggle with or is it pretty much just black and white and you do what you need to do and don't think about it? Yeah. I think like in my earlier years, I did not care at all. Like I had a really good relationship, didn't really think anything of it. 
And as the years have gone on, like I do struggle with always feeling like I need to look lean because us, like I'm classified as one of the fittest people in the world. And so it does kind of like bother me if I'm kind of walking around like fluffy or I don't feel good about myself. Um, And some of that's not really just like, I'm scared what other people think. It's kind of like, I don't feel like myself when I'm like not lean. Mm -hmm. So that's somewhere where like, I do struggle is like in the off season. I just, I don't love the way that I look. Um, But other than that, like food wise, I don't really struggle that much except like during season, I do think that I'm like a little bit more strict sometimes than I should Mm -hmm. be. Um, But yeah, it's, it's nothing crazy. I've never had like body image or eating disorders, anything like that. But I do think there are times where I do feel like I should probably like be a little bit more strict because I want to look better. Mm-hmm. But then again, like that's what I think is so cool about CrossFit is we are all so strong and like we don't like our goal is not to be skinny. Like we want to be proud of what our bodies can do. So if I am sitting a little bit heavier, but I can lift more weights, I think that's so cool, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a lot of back and forth of things that like go on in my head, but for the most part, I'm pretty like, I have a pretty good relationship with all of that stuff. And I'm just so proud of like what my body can do. Yeah, that's incredible. I think focusing on the performance side of things definitely takes some pressure off your physique. And Yeah, totally. And if you stop worrying about like what you look like and like what you're eating and focus more on like if you're feeling good and if you're feeling good in the gym, I think that that will balance itself out and you'll be like very happy with how you look and how your performance is. Yeah. I like, I mean, for me, I always find that my physique always looks better when I'm not hyper-focused on it, like just focusing on performance and other things. So yeah. Thanks for sharing. I agree. Of course. With this season. So it's almost time for the open, right? How are you feeling about it? I'm excited. This year has been kind of different, kind of like I made some changes and um, just kind of like finding my new routine this year has been a bit, a little bit of a struggle. Um, But I think that things are finally starting to click. I'm starting to find my groove. And so I am really excited. I will just like really want to have fun with the sport again. I think Mm -hmm. last year kind of was such a hard year on me. I wasn't like not only did I get hurt at semifinals, but I just was not enjoying the season. Like I wasn't having fun with it anymore. Mm-hmm. So my number one goal this year is to like, well, number one, be healthy. And number two, like find like having fun doing what I'm doing. Because if I'm not having fun, like it just makes everything harder. I'm not wanting to give everything that I can to every single day. So yeah, health and fun is like, what I'm prioritizing this year. Yes. I love it. So you do have new, you stepped away from working with proven, right? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Who's your coach now? Who are you working with? Tell us a little bit about. Yes. So I'm working with HWPO. It's Matt Frazier's company. Um, it's really cool because they have a bunch of co- coaches um, like Amy Everett, Rob, and Steve Fawcett and Jake Marconi, like they have a bunch of different coaches that all work together. So it is fun to kind of have like a group effort and um, I'm really enjoying it. They have, they bring in like specialists as well. Like Amy is a weightlifting coach, Rob the strong man. And then we have like our um, CrossFit coaches and it's just, it's gone really well. I feel like I've improved a lot within the last couple months. 
That's awesome. Is it hard because you're, you don't necessarily have someone in Nashville to train with or what is like, what's different about your training now? Yeah. So that's honestly something I've been like really trying to think about and like, um, just kind of figure out this season, like what I need and what I don't need. And like something that I've kind of figured out is like, of course, the last three years have been amazing having like an in-person coach, Mm -hmm. but there are times where like you come into the gym and you just kind of feel like you have these expectations, you know? And like my coaches probably aren't putting that pressure on me. It's more of me just like wanting to make my coaches proud every single day, like every single day of training. I just feel like I need to perform. Mm -hmm. And so that can be really good because you are giving your best every single day. And like, that's, that's good, but it just is exhausting. And I was constantly just feeling like worn out and, um, yeah, I just think that there's a balance between that. I think it's good to have it sometimes, but at other times, just kind of like learning yourself. Like that's another thing is like when I do have coaches in person every single day, I'm kind of relying on them to tell me how to do everything mm-hmm. instead of like learn- learning what's best for me. So without having a coach in person, instead of like walking over to my coaches and being like, hey, how should I hit this workout? Like what pace? How should I break it up? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I have to figure this out on my own. And so I'm like, I'm learning things again. and that's something that I did when I was like 19 and 20. And like, that's how I started. That's like my roots and CrossFit were kind of like figuring it out on my own. And so kind of going back to my roots and like trying to learn things on my own instead of relying on other people, I think that's going to be really good for me. Um, So that's kind of like the difference of like not having a coach in person Mm -hmm. and then training partners. Um, so I think Will Morad and I are going to like work something out to where he and I are going to link up most days, try to do a workout together. Um, I don't know exactly what that looks like. We're trying to figure it out. But um, having a training partner is huge because they keep it more fun. That's for sure. But there is a balance between that too. Like training with a partner every single day is kind of like they dig you into the ground every single day because we all have these egos. We all don't want to lose a workout. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do anything that we can to like beat the person next to you. But in reality, that's not always what's important. Like what's important is getting something out of training every day and learning. So if I'm doing a workout with someone next to me and all I want to do is beat them, my technique is probably going to be sloppy. I'm going to just be doing everything that I can to like rush. And instead of breaking it up the way that I probably should, I'm going to like try to break it up in order to beat the person. It's just like, there's so many things that go into that, that like, it's very good to have a push a couple days a week, mm-hmm. but to be doing that every single day for every single piece, comparing yourself all the time. I just don't think that's very healthy for me. At least I've learned that over the past few years. So um, kind of doing a lot of the stuff on my own, but then having like, you don't even really need someone to like, be doing the same exact stuff as you in a gym Mm -hmm. it's more about just like the company and making sure that you're having fun um so yeah i think just kind of doing a little bit more of this stuff on my own and being a little bit more independent this year um is going to be very big i think it says a lot about you too for i mean because if you've been somewhere for three plus years like that has become very much a norm for you but for you yeah get yourself and say like okay this is not serving me in this way anymore and being able to make that decision like that 
speaks wonders because you're yeah you need to do for you exactly that's the thing and like I feel like everyone from an outside point of view think that this is like personal they're like Mm. oh Brooke left proven like they must have had a falling out like no that's not how it is at all I still love T and Shane it was absolutely nothing personal we were we're great friends you know Mm. but for me it's just like I, I learned a ton from them from the time that I was with them but I needed to move on and like learn from someone else. Like you can only learn so much from like someone. And um, yeah, I mean, the same thing happened with the, where I was before, like this, like change is important. You can't just stay with someone because it's comfortable. You have to do what's best for you, even though like might be a really hard conversation. Yeah. With, so will you travel? Cause is Matt, is that Virginia? Vermont. Vermont. I knew it started with yeah. <laughs> yeah. will, you, close. will you go out there at all and do any in-person training yeah for sure like I know I'm going to be there for like two weeks around quarterfinals and then I'm sure I'll be there around the time that like semifinals workouts are released and games training um it'll be really fun because like I'm good friends with like Amanda and Katrin and Jason and like the whole crew is just so much fun so kind of getting us all together like a few weeks of the year is going to be so much fun to train together and I'm excited about that I've I'm just curious are you someone that it's hard for you to like have hard conversations like that of for of, sure or something like does it just give you so much anxiety oh 100 like I am not a person of confrontation especially like with my friends and yeah, I, that took everything in me. It's kind of one of those things that I lost sleep about for like mm-hmm. weeks because not only was I just like tossing and turning, thinking about like, how am I going to tell them this? But it's also like, am I going to regret this? Am I making the right decision? Stuff like that is like very hard for me to do. But then like after I do things like that and I know it was for the best, it's like, it's such a relief. Yeah. Gross. Making yourself do the hard things. <laughs> Those are so hard conversations. Yeah. I literally have to tell myself, like, this is a learning experience. Like, I'm going to be stronger after this conversation. Yes. Yeah. Good for you. So with, there were a few questions just on the Instagram about, um, are you no longer working with Noble and are you working with other brands now? Yeah. So I've been with Noble since 2015. So it's kind of so crazy to not be with them anymore but um yeah back in November um it's just that like things weren't they haven't been as good as they used to be um I think Noble's just kind of like going through a hard time and um for me I just felt like I wasn't getting like what I needed anymore from them pretty much and it was such a good relationship I left on great terms like I still love them um but yeah I just kind of like I've been with them for nine years. It's kind of exciting to kind of move on, try Mm -hmm. something new. Um, I don't have any like prospects or anything. I'm just kind of like enjoying buying clothes that like are different. And like, you'll still see me in noble clothes because I was with them for nine years. Like I, I love their stuff. I'm never going to work with a company that I don't truly love. So Mm -hmm. I do love their stuff and I still wear it because of that. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also have a ton of it. <laughs> but it has, it's just this like sense of freedom, like getting to wear what you want. It's so cool. Like I remember just like when I was with them, I would go to Lulu with my friends and like just kind of sit back and watch them shop because I knew I wasn't going to be allowed to wear any of this clothes. So I wasn't even looking. So it's been fun just kind of like finding a new style and different and stuff you posted one I think you were doing ring muscle ups and like some blue outfit on Instagram a few weeks ago oh yeah and I was like oh my gosh she looks so good in color (laughs) thanks yeah that is something good I think they've gotten a little bit better about it but for a while it was like not very much color so that has been pretty fun with having a large social media platform um is it hard to have a have a big following on Instagram? Like, do you feel a lot of pressure to always keep that up or does it get overwhelming? Yeah, for sure. Like, there's definitely times where, like, I just wish Instagram didn't exist because I'm like, it's for me sometimes it's like work, you know? Um, I mean, obviously, that's how I have sponsors and, like, that's my job. Um but obviously I'm so thankful for it. Like, I think it's so awesome that I do have this platform, um, that this is kind of like how I'm able to compete and do what I love is by like posting on a, um, Instagram, but I've kind of just like learned my boundaries in a way. And like, I do feel like if you're always on Instagram that like, it takes you away from being present. Mm-hmm. So what I've kind of learned to do myself is just like, I will take pictures of things that I'm doing, but instead of like in the moment when I'm doing these things, like posting it and like writing a caption and like adding music and all that stuff, it takes so much time away from what you're doing. I'll just like take these pictures and videos and then save them. And then when I'm just like laying on the couch later, like the next day or that night, then I'll post them and kind of like give the time that I need to like make those posts. But like, I just don't want to take away from the present moment anymore. So that's like the biggest thing. That's good that you've set boundaries with that. With um, how old are you and Sid? Are you 28? Yeah, 28. 28. Okay. Are you ready for the next chapter of your life as far as like dating or marriage and having kids one day? Is that something <laughs> that you like have a desire? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, honestly, me and Cindy like laugh about it all the time that we're going to have to stop living with each other because I think we're just so comfortable. Like every single night, instead of like, Oh, I should like go on a date or like talk to a guy or whatever. We're just like on the couch hanging out with each other. But I also think a big part of it is CrossFit. Like for the longest time, I remember I would like be close to getting into a relationship or something and just kind of like not wanting to do that because to me, I was so career driven that it was a distraction. You know, I think that's like, I like, I freaking can't believe like all the people that can date while they do this. Um, I mean, that's another thing with like balance I need to work on. But I think that's something that I'm really going to start like, I mean, I am 28. So I want to start dating. I want to start getting ready to like, be in that next chapter. I do want a family one day. And like, I only have so long until that can happen. So um, yeah, I'm really ready for that. I want a family. I want a husband one day. So um, I need to start dating. Do your parents parents push you? Also, I am like 
every time you post your dad and your mom on Instagram, I like always go to their page. I'm like, they're just, they're so cute. Like your dad, <laughs> um, your stepmom, right? Mm-hmm. Your mom, like, I just love seeing their stuff. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, they're the best. I'm. I have the best freaking family. It's so fun. My mom also is just like living her best life. She's always traveling, always doing something fun. So they're amazing. Yeah. Do they put any pre- like? Do they ever say to y'all, okay, like we're ready for grandkids? Like, do they ever? No. It's kind of crazy. I'm kind of like, you guys need to like <laughs> encourage me to like get out there and start dating, but they don't say anything. Like, but they know. I think that they know that we are just like so focused on like what we're doing right now um, from like a career aspect. But um, I definitely think that I'm ready to like stop being so strict in that area. Like it's okay to like start dating and like have the career that I have. Yeah. Cause the right person will support that and understand that obviously, like it's been such a huge part of your life, like for over. Exactly. And I have done it for so long that like, I don't feel like I need to be so crazy about it anymore. You know, like the longer you're in something, the more, you know, like, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but I think that I'm like ready for that. I have taken so many years to just focus on CrossFit and make that my own, like my only priority. So making time for other stuff is going to be important. And that's definitely one of the huge things. Yeah. Kind of wrapping up, walk us through, because I don't think if you're not a professional athlete, like you just don't understand what a day looks like because I see training videos and Mm -hmm. stuff on Instagram, but can you walk people through like what a normal training day looks like and just how, yeah, what your day looks like? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So I think that is one of the misconceptions with like athletes is that I remember like people would say like, if I could work out all day, like I would be that fit too. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like it's, it's life changes. Like this is my job 24 seven. It's not a nine to five job. When I get done training, I have to go home and I have to eat and have the proper nutrition. And then I have to sleep and like recover. Um, I think that a lot of people just don't understand what goes into that, but okay. That was just like my rant about that. But my day is like, um, I'll get up around like seven 30 go to the gym around nine. And so I'll trade from like nine to 1130. And that'll be like, most of the time I'll do like a lifting session and then Metcon. My lifting takes like an hour and then a Metcon will take like 30 to 40 minutes. And then I'll take like an hour or a two hour break, go back around like, I don't know, one thirty or two. And then I'll have my second session, which right now, most of the time it's like a cardio piece and a lot of accessory work. And then after that, I'll do like sauna and then I'll do my ice barrel at home, which is like a little um, ice bath. And then the rest of the night, it's like when I get home, that's when I answer my emails. It's when I like do my social content work. Um, So for like probably an hour each night, I'll just like sit on my phone, answer emails, respond to like messages, all that type of stuff, like do like my work stuff. And then the rest of the night, like I'll try to start winding down by like seven and just like give myself some time to like get a mental break for the day and prepare for the next day. So it's a lot. Yeah. 
It's like the same thing because you're like you're not going out on the weekends. You're not exactly like, Mm-mm. eating out every okay. single night. Yeah, so that is one thing I do limit, like doing all that stuff. There is a time and a place for sure, because like I don't want to like cut everything out. I still want to have fun. Um, but when like season, I would say probably from like from like April to the beginning of August, it's like absolutely no going out, and um, I might eat out like once a week. Yeah, yeah. What's your what is your favorite um like what's your favorite meal that you're stuck on right now for nutrition oh like do you and sydney cook i'm curious about that or do y'all do the little meals we normally do meal prep but like the first meal prep company we were with like recently went out of business and then the second one we were with like stopped shipping so -hmm. within like the last two months we really had to like Ourselves, which has honestly been really challenging and I would love ideas because I feel like all my meals are like pretty bland um but I would say probably like my favorite meal right now um is honestly like breakfast like I love breakfast food I'll like make a little like breakfast burrito myself with just like eggs chicken sausage sweet potato and avocado and like a little like a cassava flour um siete like wrap and it's so good so that's something I look forward to I'm glad you're learning to cook. You're entering your wife era one day, getting ready for it. <laughs> exactly. It's still super bland, but maybe over the next couple of years, I'll figure it out. Um, okay. So wrapping up, what is just one piece of advice or just some encouragement that you would give for people listening? Hmm. Honestly, like I think the biggest thing is to just like believe in yourself. That that's kind of like what I've had to learn. I mean, honestly, over my entire career, like no one's going to do that for you. You can have all the coaches in the world believe in you, but if you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to be able to make it to like your accomplishments or uh, meet your goals. So that's definitely number one. I love it. And then your book can be found at also it's an audiobook too, right? Yes. So I actually like recorded the audio myself. That was really challenging. (laughs) I like, I'm too scared to listen to it. I probably should, but I have no idea what it sounds like because I haven't listened to it. Um, But yes, I have an audio book or you can get my book. Um, They have it on like Barnes and Noble, Amazon. Those are the main two ones I know, but I know there's like multiple sites you can buy it on. So that is so exciting. Resilient, right? Yes. It's called Resilience. I am so excited to read it and thank you so much. And everyone listening, I will link everything in the description so you can get Brooke's new book, or if you do want to listen to it and listen to her beautiful voice, read it to you. (laughs) Thank you. Brooke, thank you so much for making the time today. And we're so excited for this season for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was great to catch up, Reagan.